color of leadership. A seat at the table. Join Dr. Anthony Rice and his more than 20 years of education. Let's talk. This is The Color of Leadership. There he is. There he is. There's a man of the hour, man. A man of the hour. How you doing, Chief? I'm good, man. How are you? Man, we're great. We're great, man. Um, I'd like to welcome our audience to another episode of The Color of Leadership. I'm your host, Dr. Anthony Rice, with my co-host, Dr. Andrew Butler. For anyone new to our audience, this platform has been created so that we have an opportunity to establish critical conversations around the table with extraordinary guests whom are either superintendents, assistant soups, directors, site administrators, teachers, or mentors in their own right. Um, but the goal of this platform is just to make sure that we're just being exclusively share everybody, share the person that we're interviewing their own personal journeys and experience with our audience as they navigate the educational and professional system as a person of color. Um, today, we got with us um, Dr. Oduro. Oduro, Mr. Can you say your last name, Dr. Oduro? Yeah, it's Dr. Dr. Oduro. Oduro. You got it. Oh, yeah. Or you can I call me Kern. <laughs> Kern Oduro, who is exemplified. I mean, you, you pretty much, you exemplify everything that you know, especially that we're trying to promote on this podcast. And again, we look forward to you um, even addressing and addressing the following questions on this podcast that we're going to ask you today. But, uh, you know, for, for first and foremost, I've known uh, Dr. Odoro for what, about 10 years now, 10 years now. A and I've watched a <laughs> little bit more than that, right? A little bit more than that. Um, and I've kind of watched him I kind of watched him go through his journey, and I just want to say that I I am completely um, in awe of everything that you do and how you work, you. and and I just think that it's just a blessing to have you here on our on our on our podcast to give us an opportunity to give your perspective, and help us navigate through this system as we try to reach the same pinnacles that you have reached uh, thus far. And we just say we're just grateful to have you with us today. And again, um, you know, again, this is Dr. Butler. I don't know if you've ever met her, but this is Dr. We have Butler. never met. We've never met. It's good. Nice. Nice to, to meet you. Yeah. So, and also great things about you, sir. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And also our producer Q, he's not on, he's recording it for us and All he'll right. do it and just cut it up. And then, um, you know, at the end of the show, just our, our thing, Dr. Oduro, this is a, this is a, a safe place. You know, what we do when we, when we do these podcasts, it isn't anything to where we were going to be bashing districts or bashing, um, you know, you know, our experiences. It's just to give us an opportunity to just help and give us the support we need. So we have an opportunity to be able to be in the seat that you maybe you're sitting in or just try to network and get an understanding of how we can navigate, especially of people of color. Um, so my first question that I have for you um, is um, what were some of your personal and prof professional milestones that you've had to reach to become assistant soup of HR and Chafee Joint Unified School District. All right. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you to yourself, Dr. Rice and Dr. Butler, for having me on your show today. It is indeed an honor and a privilege. Um, I like the premise of your show of networking and really sharing experiences and ideas um, so that we can bring up and lift up the next generation of African-American leaders, um, which I think you're gonna see a lot of as we begin, um, as we continue this journey of really sharing um, together. And you, you're gonna see that um, in my story. Um, so I think for, 
just personally, personally, I think there are four things that I had to um, come to grips with. Um, and, and that's an interesting question, professionally and personally. Um, personally, milestones um, to get into leadership, I felt like um, knowing who I was as a person that was important um, as an African and as an American, you know, um, how do I fit into, like you said, this space of education and, 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 and knowing myself, um, which means having critical conversations with critical friends, um, you know, going through whatever traumas that I've personally gone through. I know in our community, when, when you talk about, um, you know, discussing your innermost um, feelings with people, sometimes it's frowned upon. And, you know, as we move through um, these times, it becomes critical that we have critical friends and wise people who can help shape, you know, our perspectives and where we're going. So I thought that's important, um, knowing myself. I think the other thing that was important for a personal level was um, fitness. Um, believe it or not, leadership and coaching you know this. Yes. <laughs> you coach two <laughs> CIF championships. You've got to be physically fit because leadership is a demanding job. Absolutely. Um, at least from my perspective, you're going to do it right. You're, you're it's, right. It's it, it's a demanding job. So you've got to be you got to be physically fit. However you do that, you've got to be mentally. Um, prepared and emotionally ready to go. Um, also making sure you're grounded with your family. And then yeah. again, for me personally, faith, you know, I had to be grounded yeah. in faith because, um, you know, the work is just so, so those are some benchmarks and some milestones, at least from a personal level um, that, that I had to um, kind of check off, you know, just to make sure I'm prepared for what leadership is about. And then on a professional level, obviously getting my credential and teaching mm -hmm. in the classroom. I was a science teacher, um, trying to be the best science teacher that I could be, you know, mm -hmm. and which, which meant um, it wasn't going into the classroom and just having kids copy out of a book or, Absolutely. you know, it was, what are the, what, what, are, what are some of the things that I can bring to the classroom that'll make it relevant, okay? Uh -huh. What are some of the hands-on activities? Kids we know love to do things. Got it. And Got um, it. That, that, that was important um, to me as a teacher. And so working on my credentials, coached a little bit track, um, coach just like you did uh, <laughs> back in the day, you know, doing everything yes. that I needed to do to be a part of my school community. Um, and then obviously, um, you know, getting the master's, getting the admin credential, those are milestones. And then eventually um, getting, you know, putting my name out there to, to get into some of these admin positions, which, which is a huge part of my story and a huge part of where I think we need to go when, when we begin to talk about mentorship. Got it. Got it. That's amazing, man. That's some awesome stuff. So Dr. Ajor, I mean, you, your journey in terms of like, where did you go to school? Like, where, where did you go to school? Where did you graduate from? Like, kind of give us some background and sure, kind of share where, sure. like, where you, like, where, like, where, like, where you came from. Cause you said African American. All right. So, yes. or, or Odur, all right. So, Odur is, yes. uh, Oduro is like, you so Nigerian, right? So, it's Ghanaian. Get it right, man. It's Ghanaian. So, let me get that right. Ghanaian. So, let me, let me, I mean, kind of share with us because, again, you know, 
African, like say for instance, like Amer Americans, African Americans, for like say for instance, like I grew, was born here, right? And so for me, I mean, especially for, like for Africans, kind of kind of share with us kind of like that experience Got it. in terms of like, you know, how you're growing up and kind of just, you know, what made you want to be an educator? Like kind of talk to us about okay. that. Like it's something kind of- You have the time. Well, let's I go. do. <laughs> I do got the time. Go ahead. So, I do got the time. So, so, so here at how so for me, well, I was born in um, Lower Marion, Pennsylvania. Actually, that's where I was born. Oh, Philadelphia. That's right, Philadelphia. Oh, okay, you're a Philly like, guy. That's right. So my All dad right. at the time, you know, he was, um, he passed away a number of years ago, but he was in seminary there. He had come to the United States, you know, late 50s, early 60s, was a big part of the civil rights movement um, right then in Philadelphia. And so um, after a while, he decided he's, he's from Ghana. Um, but he had, he had all his kids here. And yeah. so I moved, he moved us back when I was about six or seven years old back yeah. to Ghana, West Africa, oh. where I lived for, you know, about 12 years. Wow. So, I mean, I've spent most of my adult life here, but um, my kid life over there. So I have a very unique perspective mm -hmm. of being an American, but also having lived in Africa and lived among um, our people there. Yeah, and so um, I went to I went to high school there, um, and, but then I came back to the United States to go to college oh, okay. um, at Azusa Pacific, and so I've seen both of those. Now my dad my dad my dad was a Baptist minister, and so he started <laughs> he started a school um, there in Ghana. Um, actually, he started while I was an undergrad up here, and he started with five kids, and it was. Um, a wooden structure with two rooms. And now the school has grown to 1500 kids um, and um, just doing very well. So really my heart has always been as a pastor's kid. I mean, you're always around, you know, Sunday school and teaching <laughs> and growing and yeah. all of that. So, so that's really in my DNA. So really that's, you know, yeah. as I can put it, not born you with the details. Got it. Got it. So you didn't start out did you start out wanting to be a teacher all along or in education? I mean, like, you know, like Dr. Rice, I wanted to be a dentist. Is, I mean, you know, what did you, this was this your passion since you, since you can remember? You know, a great question. You know, I, 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 I so I will, I was always involved in church. I was involved, like I said, in Bible study and teaching. And when, then when I went to Azusa Pacific, um, I wanted to go into medicine. Actually, mm -hmm. I wanted to be a doctor. God. And um, that's why I got a degree in biology. And then, I started, um, now, but while I was at Azusa Pacific, I was part of a group that mentored um, young juveniles, um, um, delinquents who were in jail up there in San Dimas. And so we would go tutor them. And um, um, I, I found a lot, it brought me a lot of joy. And um, there was a point during my undergrad where I didn't want to do medicine anymore. It was... Um, I had um, volunteered at a geriatrics unit and <laughs> it, it was terrible, a terrible experience. And so I figured I, I, I didn't want to go there. Just the, the pain, the agony and of people. And I'm a happy yeah. guy, you know? <laughs> and so um, I talked to our chaplain, um, Dr. Reverend Rutherspoon at the time. And um, he prayed with me about it. I talked to the HR person over at Azusa Pacific because I was working security at the time. And 
they said, you know what, you know, in due time, all, all your different experiences will, will come together. And so um, I remember River Witherspoon asking me, well, have you thought about teaching? Never have, even though I was tutoring kids, you know, this whole time. And so really that's when that started um, in 1997. Oh, wow. Interesting story. (laughs) Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I know I just asked that because um, I don't know, you know, if if you take a poll, you look at statistics, I don't know if a lot of us start out wanting to be educators yeah correct. and, and it's just interesting yeah that's what i'm saying it's a, it's yeah. a very interesting um you know reason i don't know you know what why is this why do we not start out thinking you know we want to be educators i don't know you know i know in the united states you know we don't look at it the way they look at it in other mm-hmm. countries you're right you know where it's it, in other countries it's, it's highly sought after you know it's it's, it's you are the teacher you know correct. so I don't know, could contribute to our psyche when it comes yeah. to not wanting to think, I'm not going to be a teacher, yeah. you know? <laughs> I think you're right. No, mm-hmm. no, there's definitely something there. There's and definitely time, something there. Yeah. And a lot of times, especially, and, you know, and, and I've had, you know, several, um, you know, participants on this podcast um, share, kind of share their experiences. And a lot of, especially African-American men, Dr. O, um, we, it's, it's always as if, like, prior in our early early adolescence there's some type of trauma that in terms of education in terms of in our especially for me in early adolescence where I struggled in terms of just just understanding how people view African-American boys right and I still kind of see that in 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 terms of in the role that I play in education right and so for me when I hear your story I wish and you know it's, it's just very you know it's it's amazing not amazing it's great that you had an opportunity to even just see that path and know that that's something that you wanted to do because a lot of times that's not something that we see we kind of almost fall into it right Mm -hmm. right we fall into it you know it's you know a lot of terms like for instance athletes kind of fall into it like for instance I say talk about myself as an athlete um, and, you know, Dr. Butler said, I wanted to be a dentist. That's really what I wanted to do. When I went to University of Laverne, uh, my coach was like, uh, no, you're going to be a PE teacher. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you're going to be a PE teacher. And he said, reason why I'm like, I think it's a great opportunity for you. You don't have to great papers. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> and he's kind of selling me short, right? So my time, my thing is, so when I got an opportunity to, um, you know, you know, I coached, I felt I was very successful in doing that. But once I wanted to get into administration, I think that I felt that there was a deficiency there in terms of just understanding, you know, just how, you know, into instructionally, how things needs to work and fit into an academic setting for and how to move things so it kind of, it was a struggle for me you know what I mean and, and it's it, it's been a learning lesson and I've had a lot to learn and and trying to do that and you know just being around you know men like you and you know getting guidance I, there's been times where I called you in terms of things and, I, and I'm very appreciative on how you kind of kind of gave me that that mentorship and it was you know th- those are kind of things that that I think that we need and we're going to get to that but and so the next question I have is what what barriers or challenges did you encounter in you know on your path and to become an assistant superintendent? And they you know don't even what? have to be barriers either. You probably, I mean, yeah, just challenges. Yeah. And so, 
And, and I was fortunate. It, it's interesting that you use that word mentorship mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. really, quite frankly, I, I, that is that is my story. And I, yeah. I think Dr. Rice and Dr. Butler, you, you're going to find this out. When I was, um, you know, I was a ran- I was a rancher. I think at the same time you're a colony. Yes. Um, and I got hired there in two two thousand. You know, by our superintendent, Dr. Holton, right now. He's a he's a superintendent at the time. He yeah. was an assistant. He was an assistant. He was an assistant principal at the time when he wow. hired me. Um, who 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 is who? But I would say is an amazing superintendent <laughs> by, by chance because yeah. I'm gonna tell you I was a head football coach when he was a superintendent and I couldn't realize I didn't realize he was that young when he yeah. became the superintendent I think he was almost like in his 20s like 29 30 early 30s and when he, he became early the 30s superintendent. Yeah, yeah and I was like man this is amazing so yeah, yeah hats off to him yeah man and you know what it, it, I think it goes back to mentorship and I remember mm-hmm. the first time I had taught there for a couple of years he, he had become principal the year after I was hired and the school needed a new dean, uh, assistant principal of discipline, if you will. And so I remember him coming to my classroom and asking me, hey, man, you want to try this out? You know, it was somebody who he prompted me <laughs> and then took the time to help me prepare for the interview. Now, yeah. I went to the interview and I, I did not get the job. Okay. okay. But you know what? He didn't stop there. Call yeah. me back to his office. Let's review. Let me show you. Let me let me hear, hear things you need to say. Helped me with that. Um, so when a second opportunity came, this was just being the dean, I felt prepared to go into that. And yeah. so I finally got that job. And then when I got the job, it wasn't just, okay, well, you're the dean. Go figure it out. Um, he was a principal at the time, and you know, I know principals are busy, but he, I remember right. he helped me fill out, taught me how to fill out the, the form, right. um, taught me how to um, talk to kids, you know, so, uh, you know, how to get the truth out of kids, mm-hmm. um, where you're going to be, you're going to discipline them, but you got to show compassion and you got to be right. respectful and just walked me through. Wow. I, I know it, it, it's pretty crazy. And so that's, for me personally, that has been part of my success because I've had somebody there who just says, hey, you, you may want to think about this. Mm-hmm. You may want to watch this. Here's the direction you want to go. You probably want, you don't, you don't want to go there because, you know, this other person's going to upset and you have not even given them an opportunity to think about yeah. things. Yeah. Um, when it came to developing programs, it was never top down. It was... You, you need to get input. You yeah. just oh, don't wow. start programs. So go talk wow. to department chairs, go talk to key people. So that's the kind of mentorship that I've grown under in the last you know, 20 years and, and it's yeah. still ongoing. And so when you talk about the challenges, one, I feel fortunate, right? but um, the challenges I think is that continued mentorship, getting mm-hmm. people in, in places and in spaces that you can call and ask, or be there on the ground with you, you know. Yeah. Um, the other side of it, though, is you know challenges of just being a black man you know, in America, <laughs> and, and 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 the misconceptions that come with that, and um, and and sometimes being African, you know, people may notice that you're African. Do you have what it takes? Do yeah. you 
Um, do you understand the culture enough? Do you, mm. um, can you relate, you know? And yeah. um, so those have been the barriers, I think, is just, you know, just getting people to believe that um, I'm highly equipped. I know what I'm doing. Um, I've been at this for a long time. Um, I've had a, a lot of great mentors and, um, you know, um, I continue to strive. Sometimes the other one that we don't want to talk about too is that self. And I don't know if you've heard about it, about the imposter syndrome, you know, where you right. sometimes oh, yeah. you feel, man, do I belong? Yes. You know? And that can be a challenge that a lot of times we don't talk about, you yes. know? Um, and so that, those are, so that becomes more of an internal battle than yeah. an external battle. The external battles, we already know. People are going to say what they want to say yeah. um, in terms of um, your credentials or your race or, yeah. you know, or preconceived notions of who I am, you know, as a mm -hmm. Black man. Um, but there's also that internal battle of, can I do this? Can I do this with fidelity? Can I do this um, to get the outcomes for for kids and might be my authentic self mm -hmm. and those right. are some big internal battles mm -hmm. um that you have to that at least for me have been have been part of the journey and mm -hmm. you know continue to battle with yeah yeah that's huge being your authentic self that's huge because there are going to be some things that you'll be asked to do or you'll be sent to do because you're african-american you said something earlier about being, you know, you went for the AP spot, you didn't get it. Um, he continued to mentor you and then you went for the Dean spot. We find, uh, at least this is my experience, and I, I'm sure Dr. Rice can understand where I'm coming from. We've kind of talked about like, as an African-American man, you're generally put over discipline. That's the first place, I mean, <laughs> I, and I'm just gonna, I'm just, we're gonna have a real transparent conversation here. And so you took that as, you know what, okay, you didn't, you, it didn't turn you off. You know, you, you made that particular spot your own. Um, you got coached through it. It helped you get where you're, where you're going. I think that's good. You know, it's huge because oftentimes, you know, as you said, you know, we don't want to, we obviously don't want to stop there. You obviously didn't stop there. Um, things happen for you. Uh, you had a great mentor, it sounds like, along the way, which oftentimes doesn't happen that way for everyone. And mm -hmm. you, you recognize that. But just knowing um, your authentic self and saying, oftentimes, um, as I said, you may be put in a position where you may be struggling with, especially when you're dealing with discipline and you're dealing with families of color and keeping it, as we say, keeping it real and, and being who you are and um, kind of understanding uh, why you have been, and I'm going to say this, why that particular job has been bestowed upon you. Mm -hmm. And you know what else is crazy, though, uh, Dr. O, and when she when you talk about authentic self, right, and, mm -hmm. and, there's, and there's always um, in terms of how our own perceive us. And a lot of times because you are in position to do what you do, it's always as if instead of us working towards what we need to work towards, sometimes we have that we have that sense of um, that sense of, because you're there, you should be able to help me get to the same place you at. You, you, see, you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? So you there, how you gonna help me get to, how you gonna help me get to where you at? Correct. You know what I mean? So, and, and, and at the end of the day, and if, and if we not, help, if we're not helping our, our own race in terms of 
a lot of times we'll get scrutinized, right? And that scrutinized turns yes, into, true. Um, you know, we could be Uncle Tom or whatever they think we might be, you know what I mean? And at the same time, and I think sometimes it's unfair that we get categorized like that because of our education and where we put ourselves in. And a lot of times that's something that could be very um, hurtful, you know what I mean? And so, You're absolutely right. You're yeah. absolutely right. And quite frankly, I remember being called that, you know, I years you ago. You mm -hmm. know, I was yeah. called that years ago. But I, and I think that's where being your authentic self comes in. Because mm -hmm. you got to yeah. ask yourself, why am I doing this job in the first place? Yeah. You know, is it because of money, is the prestige? I mean, why am I doing this? Yeah. And for me, it was really to impact the lives of students. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. bottom line, everything else is you know it, it goes students first and then adults second i mean really yeah and if, if we're going to change the trajectory of our black students of our um, students of color in particular i mean that's the aim that's the focus put me anywhere and i'm, I'm gonna make it happen um and so for for you know, if I had any advice for somebody going into going into administration, it's not just administration. It, it's really to go in there to, to make an impact, um, because you're looking at you're looking at how you're affecting a school culture, you know, um, and how you affect an adult to make the change to understand um, the diversity that's there, and and that and that's huge. So it's not just so representation. Mm -hmm. um, is important and mm -hmm. is going to continue to be important. I think I'm fortunate to work in a district where we, we get that and we understand that our superintendent understands that. Um, but in addition to, in addition to representation, what else are we bringing to the table? Mm -hmm. Because it's got to be more than administration. It's really, yes, how are we impacting kids? One of the questions that I've begun to ask myself is, how would the conversation change if all of a sudden African-American students are achieving in the 80th percentile? Mm -hmm. you, you call the test. You name whatever wow. metric you want. If African-American students begin to achieve at the 80th percentile, the conversation changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The conversation changes. Absolutely. And so that's, that's what we're striving for. What are kids learning in the classrooms? What are, we, what are we really equipping them with so that when they leave our schools that they are going into the world and becoming highly successful? Yes, there are forces, um, historical forces um, that have forced African-Americans to, to be behind. And there's just so much research and <laughs> I can right. go into that yes. all day. Yes. Right. You know? <laughs> but um, it's, it's, it's this tension of, Still remembering our past and forging and, and, and keeping that back here because we, we can never forget, but also equipping our young people to be able to have the skills to be able to move forward. And, um, and so, for, so for any of us that want to go into administration, we need to understand why we want to go in there. If it's right. just for the title or to look cool or to then, you know what? A little extra, a little extra money. Little extra money, you know. <laughs> little, yeah, the little extra money because and 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 I think y'all know this. To be a principal, 
at least in our district, it's one of the toughest jobs. I mean, you're there early, you're there late. First one there, last one gone. Last one gone. (laughs) Our superintendent calls it, um, what he said, you're you're the mayor of a small city Mm -hmm. and everybody wants a piece of you. So you're at every football game, every banquet, you're in the classrooms, you're touching people's lives. You're supposed to bring an energy that would cause kids to go, I want to learn. I want to be successful. That'll mm-hmm. cause adults to say, you know what? We're going to follow this guy and we're going to mm-hmm. make sure that we're doing right by our kids. That's yeah. really the goal. And it's, it's, it's a lot of hard work and sometimes Absolutely. a lot of heartbreak. And so if we're not ready for that, then it becomes this, you know, I'm trying to apply for this. I'm trying to apply for this. I'm trying to apply for this. And, um, you know, but the other part of that, and I don't, I, I don't want to digress to, is just the access. You know, who, right? Who, and that's where the mentorship comes in, the people that we need to access. And I think more and more, um, you know, as we be, begin to talk about race, I think 2020 opened up the floodgates. Yeah. Um, that we yeah. that we've we, we haven't had conversations. Yeah. Um, are you all familiar with the Franklin Joneses? The Campbell Joneses, Franklin, Campbell. They they basically wrote the book on cult- cultural competency with the Lindsays. So just go, yeah, just go okay. ahead and Google them. And, mm-hmm. okay. um, these are people that, um, you know, they, they've seen it all. Okay. And, you know, they understand that we have a window of time now to really talk about race in a way that we've never talked about True. before. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to representation and then when it comes to us wanting to be in in positions of power, which I think more and more is going to happen, but we we need to make sure that we're ready. Um, (laughs) I remember um, JR, he just defended his dissertation the other day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, congratulations to him. JR, yeah, we're really (laughs) excited about you. And he's like, man, you guys, you you guys run your, um, he was telling our superintendent, you guys run your, he feels like he's working at a Fortune 500 company. And it's because you got to take care of business. There's business that you got to take care of, but you also got to create a family because at the end of the day, we're the aunts, uncles, moms, dads of kids. And so it's a multifaceted leadership position that um, I think is exciting, um, but it's a lot of work and representation does matter. Yeah. And I agree. Absolutely matters. And I agree. I agree with uh, Jr. I think that um, you know, just in terms of the way it functions, you guys do an amazing job. And I think that that mentorship is is so important in terms of how you know you guys kind of you know you guys or you guys run and organize that 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 system. What you guys have there, and you could just tell. You know, you could just really you could really tell. But you already answered my third question. My third question was what advice you have for people that because this is what you do you're the over that a superintendent over hr this is what you do and how do you assist in tracking and hiring more african-american males into education and leadership what like what like do you have like some uh i know it's a goal that a lot of african-americans want to see more of african-american men but like what like what do you like do you go out to like hbcus like what is your what is your um what do you guys do in terms of your district in terms of trying to attract more African-American males into t- leadership or even teaching positions? Well, for us, um, we've, we, we, we believe in people, 
you know, we, we really believe in people and, um, you know, if, if you, if you were to ask um, our new African-American, you know, administrators that we've had, a lot of them is just personal contacts, researching them, contacting them, um, talking with them, um, recruiting them, understanding their work, do they understand us? So a lot behind the scenes in, in looking at individuals um, who, we, who we know are gonna come in and just do a fabulous job. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, I think that um, if it wasn't a place to be, they wouldn't come, right? If mm-hmm. it wasn't a place to be, you wouldn't come. And I think one of the questions that we need to continually ask ourselves Yes. By the way, there, there's no perfect organization. <laughs> I don't work yes. for a perfect organization. Yes. So there isn't a perfect organization. But can what I would want to see, you know, just across the board is I think in order to continue to, to attract Black men, you've got to make it safe, number one. And, and, and really, what does that mean, safe? Mm-hmm. I think it's having the honest conversations of what people's perceptions are, what mm-hmm. people's perceptions could be, and that we 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 stand hand in hand um, with you, um, because it's I mean that that's just a reality, you know. Yeah. Well, when you talk about bias and implicit bias, um, you know it's there, <laughs> it's there in every yeah. organization, and so yeah. I think straight from the jump you know you you've got to be able to make that connection but also reassuring that you know it's a safe place to be and and this we're working towards um because here here, here's what i know and here's what i'm learning man as these gray hairs start coming (laughs) you know it's 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 tough to understand the african-american african-american experience if you haven't really gone through it and um, and I'm not talking about it from a judgmental standpoint. Right. I'm just talking about it from just an experience. Mm-hmm. And people don't know what they don't know. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. in these days, at least from, you know, as, as I learn and grow, we talk a lot about trauma, a lot about trauma. Um, and yet, I, I personally don't believe that we understand the trauma of our ancestors in this country and what it's done to a people over the years in terms of education, in terms of wealth, in terms of access. And I think a little by little when people begin to understand how traumatic, you know, slavery was and, yeah. and, and after effects, they begin to go, okay, well, I, I never thought about that because it's almost as if, okay, slavery right. happened, full stop, you know, you have rights. Well, <laughs> the effects are detrimental. And Dr. Joy DeGray, have you y'all heard about her? She wrote a book I, called the, um, um, oh, what's the name of this book? Come to me, it's going to come to me. Post-traumatic syndrome of slavery, something mm-hmm. like that. But mm-hmm. Joy DeGray, um, great book. Please read that um, if, if you get the opportunity to read that. And those are the experiences that I think that we need to begin to share. Um, especially when it comes to the Black experience and the humanity mm-hmm. of that. Absolutely. And I think when people begin to realize that, um, you know, we talk about leading with empathy and 
doing this equity work with with empathy. I think that that's where that comes in. So I think it's it's really important that we keep our stories alive, particularly mm-hmm. the ones of trauma and what's done to our communities, um, but also bringing hope. And so if if you're a school district out there. Um, make sure that you're having a place, a safe place. Don't sell mm-hmm. it as a perfect place because there's no perfect place. But right. sell it as a safe place, you know, where diversity is valued. Um, there will be challenges along the way. Yeah. Um, people are going to question, you know, well, why do you do this for Black kids? Or, right. You know? Yeah. And, and, and that's okay because, man, I'm glad you asked. Let's talk right. about it. You know, it's here's great. why we're yeah. doing these things for, for Black kids. Yeah. Um, and, and continue to bring so our so our stories from our ancestors need to continue to be told. Yeah. But I think we've got to do a good job of conceptualizing it, um, bringing context to it, so that when when people do ask, "Why are you doing this for black kids?" Well, yeah. here, here's why. Exactly. Exactly. Because that yeah that 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 comes that question comes out often. Correct often yeah. so yeah you, you need to explore why be able to respond to why um, be able to welcome that question and have an authentic answer exactly. correct because correct. what you don't want is you don't want them uh misunderstanding um assuming there's an agenda there correct um you know we're, we're obviously educating all students but yes you know, why are we targeting sometimes correct uh, african-american students and, and the black kids and so yeah another good book um why are all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria? Yeah. Have you read that one? You know, I've seen that time. I haven't gotten it yet, but I need to read that book. It's good. Yeah, it, 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 it go, it's deeper than what the, the, the um, title says, but it's very interesting in terms of system, you know, the, the systemic racism and things that African-American students just do um, mm-hmm. and, some, and how they gravitate to one another and why and why, you know, uh, it, it's, an, it's an excellent book. And I, know, awesome. and I know, and I know, and I know, Dr. Omi, you have talked about this several times, mentorship. We've yes. talked about that so many times because I think it's so invaluable in the work that we do. And I think that it needs to happen more often. And I know um, that we kind of shared some of our, um, you know, just what we felt would be some good action, action, some action items to action to actually get this work done. But I just, I want to kind of in your current position, um, like how do, how do you plan to kind of lead the charge for building the capacity of African-American leaders? It doesn't just have to necessarily be in your district. It could be within anywhere. I just want to kind of, kind of talk to you about that. Just kind of share your thoughts. Yeah, that. that's, that's a great question. And I think part of it is, and coach, I mean, we've talked about that is mm-hmm. informal and informal ways, really bringing folks together and having these critical conversations, you know, the, um, the check-ins, um, you know, given real strategies as to how to navigate systems, um, mm-hmm. regardless of your position in, in your school district, you know, mm-hmm. how are you responding to adversity? Um, how, how do you create buy-in? Um, what's your personal emotional intelligence yeah. when you're speaking to people, you know? Um, because this, this is hard work. I don't care what desk you're sitting at yeah. in education. It's always hard. And, you know, sometimes people look at you sideways. Mm-hmm. So we've got to be able to articulate or as leaders, articulate the whys and their strategies to that. 
And, and so I think that to really have the conversations, um, be, be, be very intentional about that, you know, just kind of like we're doing um, mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. We've yeah. taken some time out of a Sunday to just have conversations, yeah. to share stories, to share ideas. Um, what if we did something very similar, mm-hmm. school leaders or aspiring right. school leaders who wanted to come? Okay, what do I need to do to yeah. either get to here? What are some of the things? What are some of the characteristics that you're looking at? And really share ideas. I mean, I think that we have a lot of, um, there's a lot of us in different positions across um, you know, the state that yeah. could share ideas and could really bring people together and, um, hey, I'm, I'm working on this plan. What do you think? You know, yes. and then let's talk through it. Uh, I'm doing that informally with some people, you know, in different districts. And yeah. it's it just good and to, to hopefully be a mentor, um, you know. Yeah, when you, st- when you started off and you started talking about critical conversations with critical friends, it made me think, you know, oftentimes, you know, we, we have critical conversations and, well, friends, but are they critical friends? Are they friends that are just, you don't know, you, you follow me when I'm saying that, but are they Absolutely. critical friends? We have to think about that. Yes, are they critical friends? Are, are, are we going to really have the conversations where it says, you know, God, that's a great idea. Here's where you need to go. Or, you know, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> don't do right. it. You know, right. that's sabotage. And, and yeah. sometimes we, we don't want to hear that, you know, but I think being, I think having critical friends who understand that we're trying to impact kids and move adults, um, I think if we come with that framework, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I may be oversimplifying it, but at the end of the day, I mean, we're doing this to impact kids. I mean, if we're doing it for just us, then, exactly. you know, I mean, uh, I don't know where the power is in that, but if we're doing this to really influence kids and to create safe spaces for kids where they can go to school and enjoy, enjoy you know, whatever they're doing yeah. um, and find value in that, you know, I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, a question. Yes. Because your assistant, Sue, um, I'm a, obviously you were a director and at some point, Director. No, I wasn't. I you was were not. So I, no, so I, I was an assistant principal. I was a dean, assistant principal of guidance of instruction. Became principal at Rancho. I was there for eleven years. Went to Colony, <laughs> your old stopping grounds, <laughs> for there, and then became, um, and and then I was uh, moved to appointed to be the assistant super of um, personnel. So right. I, I, no, I was never a director. Okay. Um, but so it can happen then. It can happen. It can happen. It can happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, okay. keep hope alive. <laughs> because the reason why we say that, Doctor O, is because there, it, it, to in our mind, it always seems that it's a, it's it's a pro, it's a process, right? So you go from, you know, like you said, from a, a, you know, assistant principal to principal to director to. If you're so, if you're lucky, if you're, if you're, you know what I mean, if you're lucky, right? <laughs> and, and so, and so, my thing is, I mean, oh my God, that's amazing that that um, you know yeah. your journey was is absolutely amazing. But again, you know, I don't. Before we close, because this is where we're gonna close out right here, because I think this that was an excellent, uh, excellent segue to close. I just want to thank you for your leadership, and just thank you for your leadership, and just thank you for just the way you're leading the way for um, not just leaders, but just specifically for African-American men. 
I mean, because it's it's, model, it's nice sure. to see. It's a great opportunity to Thank see you. how you just you you do it and you you do it with with the class that you do. And I just I, I'm grateful to be able to just know who you are and to be able to work with you and to be able to even and be able to just call you and have access to you. And it, and it's great to be able to have that. And so for me, it's all about networking and getting to know those and and just especially those who look like me. But I'm just grateful to be able to know who you are and 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 I'm I'm proud to say that I'm, I'm proud. Of you, man. I'm really proud that you're doing <laughs> well, the work that you. you're doing. Thank you. And, and and usually when we close, we give a, we give our uh, participants an opportunity to give some thanks um, to to whomever they want to give thanks to. It could be a family, your kids, and just give an opportunity to shout out to someone before we get out of here, and just you know kind of close us out with a shout out. Well, thank you. Well, Dr. Butler, Dr. Rice, I want to say first thank you for inviting me to this show. Um, it's, it's always a privilege just to share, you know, what I have, yeah. I do stand on the shoulders of others. Um, yes. believe me when I say that, um, I did not do this journey by myself, you know, yeah. um, I want to give a shout out to my superintendent, um, Dr. Holton, wherever you yeah. are, um, yeah. you know, he's a good, just, just good a guy. good dude and just great man. Oh, so much to him. Um, you know, um. Um, obviously my family, um, yeah. because I guess it, it's, it's a lot of work and a lot yeah. of time and you're gone from home so many times. And so mm -hmm. the times that I do get to spend them are just um, precious moments. Mm -hmm. But again, um, please know that we, we work together, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's, um, and nothing is ever done in isolation, at least in my experience. And I hope Absolutely. that that's the message that can come out of here that none of us are ever alone and that hopefully we can continue the networking. We can mm -hmm. continue. I know we've talked about this for a long time, but let's, yeah. let's be intentional about it. You All know, right. Absolutely. Let's, be in, let's be intentional about it. Let's support mm -hmm. each other. Um, the work is big. The work is huge. It's Absolutely. not going to be ended anytime soon. And we, we definitely do need all hands on deck. And so um, however I can be of service um, formally, informally, um, Dr. Ice, he got my number. He texted me. I mean, I we do that will. all the time. And it's I just, know you know, and you can give my number to whoever needs, you know. Network um, and mentorship, huh? That's right. I'm, I'm, will, I'm, I'm ready and willing to serve. All right. Perfect. So before we close, I want to thank our our hosts, our guests, and, and our, my co-hosts, Dr. Angelique Butler and Dr. O. Um, for, you know, being on our show. And thank our audience for, again, for listening to another episode of the color of leadership. And I can't wait uh, for you guys to listen to this podcast and get an opportunity to get some uh, some serious conversations and some great um, expertise by some great leaders. And again, I'll see you guys again soon. And I just want to again, thank our audience. Thank you. The color of leadership out. This is the color of leadership with Dr. Anthony Rice.